0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. We're gonna continue our year-long 2020 theme, solid biblical foundations for strong disciples, right? And just to get started, how about we read our 2020 theme verse all together. Let's go Matthew 7:24 Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock and we say Some of us say And we say Come on media team help them out put it up there on the screen there we go we were gonna say this until you are dreaming it all right come on all together but let's say it like we believe it ready practicing god's word makes me strong come on how about we pray father thank you so much this morning because this is a family of strong disciples thank you lord for what you're doing in our lives Thank you for all that we've been learning and all that you have been doing in our hearts, Holy Spirit. Today, once again, we open our hearts, we open our mind, we open our soul, we open our life totally to you And we pray. Speak to us and have your way in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, if you were here last Sunday, we began our February series called? Come on, we're talking about Lord, Lordship and obedience, and we said, Come on, turn to somebody and say, who's in charge? You know, it's pretty important to have the right person in charge, right? Who's in charge of our lives? And we read a couple of scriptures I'm going to read again because we're gonna tie it into what we're gonna learn today. First is Deuteronomy 30, 16. It says, for I command you this day to love the lord your god and to keep keep his commands decrees and regulations by walking in his ways if you do this you'll live and multiply and the lord your god will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy come on somebody say love Love, obey obey. love Love, obey obey. john 14 uh, 15 says it like this jesus said if you Love me, obey my commandments, right? And so last week we learned an undeniable truth that can be observed throughout all of the scriptures, and that is this love is lordship. Stop cheating, love is lordship love for God is Lordship right in other words I can only love the Lord if he is in fact my Lord Lord. he's the Lord but the only way I can love the Lord is if he's my Lord right another way we put it last week is obedience is the clear evidence that I actually love Jesus not anything else now, loving Jesus implies a lot of things, right? But the only clear evidence that I actually really do love him is my obedience to his word. We call that lordship, right? Come on, so let's say it. Let's, let's go back. Love equals lordship. Love for God the only possible way it can be truly experienced and expressed is if he's truly my Lord, is if I truly submit to him and to his word. That's the only way, biblically speaking, that I can actually show I really truly love Jesus all the way. Are we Are we all? Are we good? So again, we learned last week that to submit to G- the lordship of Jesus is to love Jesus. And Today, we're kind of going to look at that same principle, but say, al revés, revés. okay? The inverse of it, okay? The, (laughs) I don't want to say opposite because it isn't the opposite, it's just backwards, okay? The inverse of that principle is actually true. Not only does love equal lordship, not only To love the Lord means that I'm submitted to him as my Lord. We can also say it works the other way. So let's take a look at it in the scriptures. You guys good? Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read verses 3 through 11. And you know when I pause, that means it's your time to read it out loud. Ready? And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments could stop right there and preach the rest of the day just about that one sentence but we're not going to do that if someone claims i know god but doesn't obey god's commandment that person is a liar and is not living in the truth but those who uh uh-oh those who Obey. obey god's word truly show how completely they love him that's how we know we're living in him those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Now, we, that, that, again, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> but very specifically, it's referring to the fact that Jesus lived his every breathing moment in obedience to God. Right? Those who love him, those who live in him, should live their lives like that. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather... It's an old one you've had from the very beginning. Now, let me just pause and explain that. The commandment has been there from the beginning. So he's saying it's an old command, but it's also a new one because now we have the example of Jesus actually fulfilling it. See? We get to see it and live it in a totally new light and with a totally new power because Jesus actually fulfilled the commandment that no one else could ever fulfill before he came. That's why it's, he's saying it's old, but it's actually new. It's new, but it's always been around, right? What is that command? This old commandment to, to love one another It's the same message you heard before, yet it's also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you are also living it, right? For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I'm living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble, but anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person doesn't know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. I don't care how much you say you believe. If you don't love, it's not true. In fact, skip to the next chapter, 1 John three fourteen. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves we've passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. So, we can go back to last Sunday's truth from this passage we just read in First John two. It says those who obey God's word tr- show, oh, sorry, truly show how completely they love Him. Again, love for Jesus is proven by lordship. Yes, my love for Jesus is only even possibly able to be proven if he's my Lord, if I'm living for Jesus as my Lord, if I'm submitted to the lordship of Jesus. But we can also totally observe in these very same scriptures that the opposite or the inverse is true. So in your, in your outline there, you kind of, you have it described. And um, we're going to show you here on the screen, but it's pretty simple. Last week, we learned that lordship equals, I'm sorry, that love equals Lordship, right? If I love Jesus, it will be expressed through him being the Lord of my life, my submission to his word, to his commands, my obedience to him. But in the very same way, lordship is also love, or we could say maybe it, it, it's 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 better described as lordship leads to love right what am i saying what is the scripture teaching us here just like if i really love jesus that will cause me to obey him for him to be my lord right if I really love Jesus, that will lead me to lordship, that will lead me to submit to his word and to obey him. In exactly the same way, if I'm really living with Jesus as my lord, if Jesus Christ really truly is the lord of my life, if he's really the one who's ruling over my life, if he's really the one I'm submitted to, that lordship in my life will lead me to love. When I submit to Jesus as Lord, he'll lead me to love. In fact, the greatest commandment in the whole Bible, right, in all of Scripture, the very greatest commandment that encapsulates, right, all the commandments, and all the words, and all the laws, and all the principles, and all the truth that we can find in God's word. There's one commandment that encapsulates it all, and if we fulfill that one commandment, we're going to fulfill them all, right? What is that commandment? It's the love commandment, right? Do you see where we're going? If I can fulfill the love commandment everything else will be fulfilled. If I can obey the love commandment or commandments, because it's kind of one and two and the same, right? Then I will, by default, sooner or later, eventually obey and fulfill every other commandment that God commands us, if I love him, okay? So, ultimately... It's all about that. L- let's actually read that commandment. You-, you guys are all right? See, we know that one of the ways, you know, we all talk about loving God, but one of the main ways God says we love him is by loving others. Okay? And Matthew 22, 37, let's just read it. Jesus replied, you must love whom? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first... And greatest command right the first and greatest a second is equally important pause and we learned this remember when pastor Joel Stocksdale was with us here in October he's he talked about how they're equally important the first and the second are equally important but there is a number one and there is a number two right they're equally important but the reality is I can only do the second if I first do the first that's why they're in that order that's why it's first and second there's no possible way I can fulfill the second greatest commandment if I don't fulfill the first one because what is the second one love your neighbor as yourself the entire law and all of the prophets all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments it's kind of like one command Wrap, uh, two commands wrapped up in one because they go together, they're equally important, but you gotta do them in order. There's no way I can truly love people like I'm created to love people, like God made me to love people if I don't first love the one who is love itself, right? The only way I can even know, this is, this is really important. Notice it doesn't say, love the Lord your God and then love others as you love your parents, or your puppy dog. It says, it doesn't even say love others as you love God. (laughs) It says love others as you love yourself. How in the world could I ever love myself until I know how much I'm loved by God? See, you must first, that's why it's first and second. You must first have an encounter, a revelation, an understanding of how much you are loved by God so that you can love yourself enough, and then from there, you love other people. And ultimately, the lordship of Jesus in my life is going to be determined and developed by my pursuit of this commandment. Ultimately, after weeks, months, and years go by. If you look at my life and say, the Lordship of Jesus is doing very well, you know how, what the main gauge of that is gonna be? How well am I loving God and loving people? Because ultimately, if he's my Lord, he'll lead me to fulfill the most important commandment. And if I fulfill the most important commandment, I'm going to fulfill all the rest of them. So his lordship will become mature in my life. I'll be obeying all of his commands if I learn to love him and love people. Oh, I think we're starting to get it a little bit. All right. So listen. If Jesus is my Lord he will lead me right because isn't that what it's not just like some something we say with our words oh Jesus is my Lord no if he is the Lord that means he leads you that means he's your leader he's your master right so if Jesus is truly my Lord his lordship his leadership in my life will take me will draw me will pull me will push me will carry me to fulfill this love command more And more and and better and better and better can anybody in the house love a little better today I don't know about you but I want to love God better and I want to love people better than I do now I love God and I love people a lot more than I used to but tomorrow and next week and next year and 50 years from now I want it to be more and better come on tell somebody more better you got to do it more and better so we've already learned this okay where are we going we've already learned what lo- loving God looks like what does loving God look like if you say you really love him what does it look like obedience lordship so what does it look like to love others what is the second part of this look like because let, let, let just just a couple of little disclaimers here loving people consists of more than just nice feelings Cuz how many of you know feelings change. Sometimes at the drop of a hat. Feelings go up and down and all around. Loving god, loving people is also much more than just nice words cuz you can actually say nice words and not mean a word of it. Been there. Let me tell you something else love is not. Loving people, okay? Because a lot of people confuse this. Loving people doesn't mean just putting up with their nonsense. Loving people doesn't just mean you put up with somebody's foolishness. Question, does God love you? Does he put up with your nonsense? Is he just gonna let you get away with your foolishness like nothing happened? Nobody loves you. And so do not confuse love with tolerance. That's the buzzword of the past generation, right? To everything is tolerance. In other words, we just let people be who they are, do whatever they wanna do. It doesn't matter if they're hurting themselves, hurting others, hurting the world. It's it, just, just no judgment, right? We're just let people be and just accept them the way they are. Now, by no means am I saying reject anyone. Come on, but stay with me here. Don't say, Pastor Hunter said we're supposed to go around hating on and rejecting. No, 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 no. You're going to see here in a minute. But try that on your kids. I have a question. Mickey, do you, love, do you love Jacob? Yes. Do you tolerate everything he does? No. Do sometimes you have to ask him for a change? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Loving people doesn't just mean we just kind of overlook and tolerate everything they say and they do. In fact, that sometimes is the opposite of love. And as we'll see here in just a minute, as we tolerate people and all their foolishness, we're unloving them. If I just let Oliver, oh, Lord. If I just tolerated everything he said and he did, oh, Lord. He would. He's growing out of it. But he would go around Slapping people in the butt. And you know what? It's funny when we're at home, but it isn't funny when he does it to strangers. Oh, but just let him be. That's just the way he is. That's just the way he was made. Maybe God made him that way. God didn't make him that way and I'm not gonna let him stay that way. Love is not just tolerance. So go back to the question. We've already learned what it looks like to love God. What does it look like to love God? We're going to get that one better and quicker. What does it look like to love God? Obedience. Obedience. Lordship, right? To submit my life to his lordship. Obedience to him. So what does it look like to actually love God? other people okay we could teach the entire month of February about it we could do a whole series and we would barely even begin to scratch the surface of what it's supposed to look like to love people right so for the sake of time I would really like to only put you through this for about 15 more minutes all right help me And for the sake of our present pertinent application what do I mean I want, there's, there's a couple of things I want you to take home with you today. I'm grabbing a hold of these three things I'm about to say today. I'm taking it home with me today, and I'm going to practice it. I'm going to give this, we're going to take a look at three things or three qualities of what it looks like to love people like this, okay? Of what, if Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to love people like this, all right? So also for the sake of time and for the sake of You can go ahead and write it and you don't have to be waiting go ahead and we're gonna i'm gonna give you one two three ready number one love sacrifices number two love tells the truth and number three love forgives love sacrifices love tells the truth and love forgives First, love sacrifices. Think of that word sacrifice. What does it even mean? To sacrifice. Think of someone that you, you think, that's such a sacrificial person. Wow. They just sacrifice so much. What, is it, what does that word mean? To sacrifice. To give up something, right? John 15 12 through 13, I'm reading the Passion Translation for this one, so this is my command, Jesus is speaking. Love each other deeply as much as I've loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends love, real love, not just feelings, not just nice words, not just tolerating people because you just want to make them feel accepted. No, no, no. Real love, the God kind of love, gives stuff up for others. Love sacrifices. And Jesus Christ showed us the ultimate expression of absolutely perfect love when he didn't just give up glory and heaven and all of that to come to this dirty, chaotic earth, right? He lived his life among us, tempted in every way we're tempted, surrounded by all the things we're surrounded with, yet he didn't sin. And being a perfect, spotless human, the God-man, The Bible says he became the perfect sacrifice for us because only being God himself having come as one of us could he actually die and pay the price for our sins and when Jesus went to the cross he sacrificed his life newsflash nobody took Jesus life in fact read history When Jesus died, it says he gave up his spirit. Nobody took it from him. In fact, at one point he said, don't you think I could just call upon thousands of angels and they come rescue me right now? No, 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 no. I do this on purpose. I intentionally lay my life down for you. Come on, say love sacrifices. Just applying it to our lives today, right? Just a few Little thoughts there. Love looks out for others, not just oneself. The God kind of love looks out for the good of others, not just what's good for me, right? Love gives for the sake of giving, not to get something in return. How many times have I given somebody something just, no, if I give this, that means they're going to give this back. If I give A, I'm going to get B right if i give respect i'm going to be given respect back not always if i give affection i'm going to be returned affection no if i give money i'm going to be given and returned uh, I, i don't know an invitation to dinner or something a lot of times we give things And if we might not say it, we probably don't say it. We probably even think, I don't want to think this way, but I really feel like what I'm doing is to get something back from you. That's not the God kind of love. You know what? Love, God's kind of love, gives to give. God gives because he loves giving. God gives because he loves people. And when I give, I should give because I love the person, not because of what the person could give me back. Now, love lays down its own agenda. Love lays down its own agenda. What is my agenda? My agenda is my way and my plan and what I want to get out of this, right? And love says... I lay that down it's not about me right love says it lays down its own agenda and it says this I intentionally serve you rather than serving myself I intentionally serve you rather than serving myself it's not about me I intentionally make it about you because how many of you have discovered it isn't ever about the other person it's always about you oh y'all are so holy Human nature is always about me. Come on. Human nature is always going to be about you. It has to be intentional. See, love doesn't just magically happen. No, love is intentional. Jesus didn't magically come to heaven and go to the cross and die for us. He intended to do it and he purposefully did it. Love has to intentionally make something about the other person and not about me. Come on, say love sacrifices. Whoo, yes. number two is going to hurt, but it's going to hurt good. Just go ahead and say, oh, it hurts good. Love tells the truth. Love tells the truth. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. This time I'm reading the message because I, it just describes it so well. No prolonged infancies among us, please. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up. Come on, I made you talk enough today. Come, Come on, just tell somebody. You need to grow up. And that doesn't come from me. That comes from God, all right. God wants us to grow up. To know the whole truth and tell it in love. If you know the truth and you don't tell it, you don't love. Like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Him, from Christ, who's the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Tell somebody else, you're looking robust. In love. In love. In your right hand, you will find the buckle to your seatbelt. I want you to grab it and put it on right now. Click. Ooh, seven of you. Put your seatbelt on. The rest of you are going to fly. <laughs> Ready? Yes. If I'm unwilling to tell someone the truth, we ain't there yet, but that's good. <laughs> now, remember... Truth is not my truth, it's not your truth, it's not your opinion, it's not your feelings, it's not what you think. The truth that's in God's word. And there's a lot of things that the Bible says that we often ignore and we definitely don't want to tell other people. I'm a preacher, I've been doing this for two decades almost. Two, or two more, whoa, more. I've been preaching for like 23 years. And there are times that there are things in the scriptures I don't feel like telling y'all but I love you we're talking about God's truth so don't take this as an excuse to go and just run your mouth and to give everybody your two cents that is not what we're talking about here let me tell you the truth well that's actually just your opinion We're not, so just set that aside. It doesn't mean you get to go tell everybody what you feel and think. Uh Uh-uh. The Bible, the word of God is the truth. And if I am unwilling to tell someone the truth and I'm unwilling to genuinely love that person. Unwilling to. Did, did, Did we get that? If I'm unwilling to tell someone the God true truth, then I'm unwilling to actually do what it takes to genuinely love that person like God does. Listen, because I've seen this happen, and honestly, I, I, I know I've done it. I know I've done it, and I've repented of it. And I know many of us in here have probably done it. But if I look at someone being deceived and I just go along with it and let them be deceived, I do not love that person. I don't, you don't love them. You might have nice feelings towards them. You might say nice things about them. You might wish them well, but you do not love them. Not the way God says you're supposed to love. If I go along with your deception and I don't tell you the Bible says you're in danger, The Bible says if you continue down this road, it'll end in hell. The Bible says if you keep doing that, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt others. You're going to make a mess of your life. If I don't tell you, if I'm unwilling to tell you, I do not love you. Not like God does anyway. I asked the question already. I ask it again. Does God love you? Will he ever withhold the truth from you? No. No, he won't. He's going to tell you the truth even when it hurts. Yeah. So this is, this is what loves, this kind of love, the God kind of love says this. I love you, so I must tell you when you're in danger because you don't see it. Yeah. Right? Again, apply this to your children. Yes, I love you, so I must scream, don't run into the street to get the ball because you don't see the car coming but I do, I see the danger, therefore I warn you. Love warns people of danger. Love also says, I love you, so I must tell you when you are hurting other people, including me. <laughs> if I actually care about my, my love relationship with Liz, my wife, or with a friend, or with anybody I love, if I actually care about that relationship and they're hurting me, love will make me tell them, hey, you're hurting me. Now, again, it's not just not to go around and tell everybody the way everybody hurts you. No, no, that's not that. That's, please, please let's be mature in the way we're thinking about this. What I'm saying is if something that somebody is doing, saying, an attitude, whatever, is hurting other people, and they probably may not, may or may not realize it. Love goes and says, that right there is hurting other people. And I care about you. And I don't want it to end up really hurting you too. It love says, I love you, so I must tell you what others are unwilling to say. I love you so I must tell you what everybody else that says they love you and they see what I see but they're just unwilling to tell you if I really love you I'm gonna tell you not my opinion but the Word of God yes now sometimes the truth feels good right I mean a lot of the times you find out the truth and you're like oh what a relief but sometimes hearing the truth does not make you feel that way (laughs) sometimes hearing the truth hurts right but let me just tell you one key here this is so so important and if we can get this it'll change the way we relate to people rather the truth feels good or it hurts if you say the truth in love there's always one result it liberates it liberates that's what jesus said the truth will set you free how many of you know jesus said a lot of things that were not happy-go-lucky fun nice feeling like you gotta die and carry your cross and follow me right i mean (laughs) like yeah murder isn't just murder if you hate anybody you're guilty of murder like sometimes the truth is raw and sometimes it hurts but whether it's a feel-good truth or a this hurts me truth if it's spoken in love it has the power to set somebody free so don't ever think what they're saying is making me feel uncomfortable is it the truth if you embrace it even if it makes you feel like you want to die if you embrace god's truth it'll set you free it it, it just it just does This has happened in my life. There have been plenty of times I don't want to hear something, but I decided to hear it because I knew it was true and it was biblical. And when I said yes to it, it set me free. It healed me. Truth liberates. And finally, number three, (laughs) we're going to need this one. Love forgives. Love sacrifices. Love tells the truth and love forgives because, sorry, I'm tying this back into number two, but let me tell you, When there's truth, there will always need to be forgiveness. (laughs) Some of y'all got that. (laughs) Yikes, right? I mean, where truth is present in a love relationship, there's going to need to be forgiveness. Because sometimes that truth is going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes I am going to have to forgive you for what you said, even though it was true. Sometimes you're going to need to forgive me, okay? But, but not just for that True, uh, love forgives period look what 1 Corinthians thirteen five says love keeps no record of wrongs human nature keeps a record with a carbon copy even a triple one you know those ones it's like it makes three records you might think you threw one away but you got two more to get rid of See, love what love the love of God it doesn't keep a record thank God he hasn't kept my record is anybody happy that God hasn't kept your record now if you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord then you are still guilty of your sins and that record is still alive and well but if you Have put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross. The Bible says that when he went to the cross, he nailed the record to the cross. And we must do the same. Love doesn't keep a record that I'm getting as soon as they push my buttons enough, I'm going to pull it out and remind them you said this and you did that and you did the other. Right? Come on. The holiest of the holy in here has done it. But true love, the God kind of love, doesn't keep that kind of record. Um, there, there was a, a, a poet back in the, I don't remember, 17 or 1800s. His name was Alexander Pope. He was a British poet. He said something that was just right. You know, everything the Bible says is right, but you know, sometimes people say stuff and that's just like, that's right, because it goes along with what the Word of God says, right? This was his phrase, to err is human, to forgive is divine. Amen. Wow. To err is human. Wow. Do we have any humans in the house? Yes. Have you ever erred? Yes. Or committed an error? <laughs> right? So there you go. That makes you human. <laughs> Why do we feel like people should never commit errors so that we can love them? Because to commit an error just simply makes me human. It's what we do. Now, we should err less and less. The more we follow Jesus more and more. But to err is human. To forgive, truly forgive, is divine. It's godlike. It's something that makes God, God. It makes Him holy. It makes Him totally different than us, right? Therefore, I truly believe... And I believe the Bible backs me up. That to be someone who is quick to forgive is one of the very highest marks of holiness. One of the highest marks of holiness is being quick to forgive. In fact, being quick to forgive might perhaps make me more like Jesus than anything else. It might. I mean, there are a lot of things that could make us like Jesus, but... Being someone who's quick to forgive, that's one of the things that makes you more like Jesus than anything else. Oh, but I'm gonna forgive, but I'm gonna gonna hold on to it for a little while and mull over it and make sure I'm ready to forgive. I'm just not ready for that yet. Listen, it has nothing to do with feelings. I'm so God, I'm so God, I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I didn't say I'm God, I'm so glad God did not wait to feel like forgiving me. He would have had a lot to hold on to and mull over and rehearse and finally get myself to where I feel at peace of letting go. Bible says he's slow to get angry and he's rich in unfailing love and the Bible says God is quick to forgive and when he forgives he buries it at the bottom of the ocean it's gone whoo being quick to forgive just might make you more like make you like Jesus more than any other characteristic it's at least in the top five One last scripture, Colossians 3, 12 through 14. This is the passion. You are always and dearly loved by God. That's where it all starts. You are always and dearly loved by God. You are. That's why loving other people is even possible because you are loved by God. And if you don't know that, you must know that today. You're loved by God. You're loved by a perfect love. He is love, and he made you to love you. You are loved by God, so robe yourself with virtues of God. Since you've been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others, and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Shatala baba. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, because you will, come on, say, I will, <laughs> release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. love is lordship to live my life submitted to Jesus Christ as Lord obeying his word that means I love Jesus in the same way if I'm living my life with Jesus as my Lord submitted to him obeying his word that will lead me ultimately to love not only him but others. Love sacrifices, this kind of love. Love tells the truth and love forgives. The question is, is Jesus Christ your Lord? He can be in an instant. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord, you can do it right now. It is so simple, yet it is the most powerful thing that can ever happen to a human. (laughs) is to believe and receive jesus christ as your lord the bible says that if i believe in my heart and i confess with my mouth jesus christ is lord i'll be saved and jesus called that being born again in other words you get a whole brand new life you get a new start. It doesn't matter where you're from, how, how, how far you've been away from God. In one instant, you come immediately close to God. Your heart that's been dead and lost and asleep comes alive. It awakens. Jesus said, you must. And he was telling one of the most religious people of his day. He said, I don't care how religious you are, basically. You must be born again. You've got to receive a new heart. And the only way to receive a new heart is to receive a new Lord over your heart. You've got to receive Jesus as Lord. In just a minute, I'm going to pray with those of you that want to receive Jesus as your Lord. Another question. Do you love him? Do you love Jesus today? Enough to obey him. Because that's real love. Is His love flowing through me towards others? Am I growing in that love towards others as well as my love for Him? Right now, I just would like to invite everyone just for a moment, if you wouldn't mind, just close your eyes, maybe bow your head. We do this to take a moment to meditate. What does that mean? It's not good to hear things like this and just rush through it and then go. No, no. Take a look on the inside. Where are you today? Where is your heart today? Have you been born again? Have you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Have you believed in what He did? He came and he went to the cross he carried your sins and your shame and your guilt and all of your burden he nailed it to the cross he took your record of wrongs and my record of wrongs and he nailed them to the cross he got rid of them so we could be acquitted so we could be all of those sins could be thrown away have your sins been remitted have you been forgiven I want to say it like this. Are you just trying to live a better life or have you received a brand new life? Today, if you want to receive a brand new life, if you want to be born again, you can right now. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord, or maybe you say, I did one day in the past, but I really haven't been living my life with Jesus as my Lord. I've really, I've grown astray, I've backslidden or whatever you wanna say it, but today I'm not really walking with Jesus. Rather it's the first time or today you need to renew your commitment to Jesus Christ as your Lord. If that's you, I wanna pray with you. I'm not gonna single you out or anything, but I would just like to know who you are. If that's anyone in the building, say, today I wanna to be born again, or I wanna come back home to Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up really quick just so I can know who I'm praying with. Praise God, who else is, that's me. I want to I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Or I need to recommit my life. Thanks. Thank God for those who are receiving Jesus as their Lord today. I feel like there's somebody else in the room. You need a recommitment today. You say, I can just feel it on the inside. I can just do it without saying it. Listen, sometimes it takes an action. I need to. I, I want to make a decision to recommit my life. Who is that? Come on. Nobody's looking at you. Just lift your hand. All right. Who else is that? Praise God. Is that anybody else? I knew it was somebody. I feel like it still might be one more person. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now today, let's, let's just all together as a family, support these who are making this decision. How about we all lift our voices and pray this prayer together. And those of you that are praying this for the first time or or, or you're just coming home to him today, say it with your heart not just with your mouth all right but let's all pray together Lord Jesus Christ you are the Lord and you love me and today I make a decision to love you Jesus you came for me you went to the cross for me you died for me to forgive me to set me free today Jesus I also believe that you rose from the dead. You conquered death, sin, sickness, hell. You're the champion. You're the Lord of lords. You're the King of kings. And today, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I turn away from the way I've been living. And I turn my heart, I turn my life totally over to you jesus christ you are my lord you love me and i love you help me to live all the days of my life to love you and to love people jesus name amen let's stand to our feet